0: welcome to the fight with teddy atlas presented by dynamic striking i'm ken Rideout, joined as always by boxing hall of famer and legendary trainer the great teddy atlas teddy how you doing
1: you're too kind you're too kind um you're always so nice to me um and you're my friend brother i always love you so nice to me i thank you for that it's always nice to be loved and um it's appreciated we need love we need love to exist, you know?
0: Everyone should have a friend like you. People don't people people outside of our uh, world don't understand what a good friend you are.
1: Uh, I appreciate that and uh, appreciate your friendship. And I appreciate that the fans allow us to do something that we love. Really, because we can't do it without the fans. You know, if you guys decide not to this close up Close it up. If you, it's up to you guys. It's up to you guys. And so far, you've been telling us, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. And we keep going. And, and um, we're, we're over 33 million downloads. I, I just learned that word from Rob. Rob taught me that. Downloads. 33 million <laughs> downloads. Sounds good. We downloaded 33 million. Whatever the hell that means, it's a lot. And, uh, you know, so... It's because of the fans. They allow us to talk about something we have a passion for, something that we care about, and something that obviously they care about, and they ask us to clear things up, to, to report to them. And that's what we're doing. We're reporting to our well. fans. Uh, and we appreciate that you're asking us to report to you. We appreciate that you are, again that you, that you're part of our, you know, 185,000 subscribers and growing uh, towards 1 million. And if you could do that, we'll be with you forever. We, we love it. Well, we along
0: love those you. lines, Teddy, say? along those lines, everyone is dying to know your thoughts on Brian Castano's big win, the new uncrowned champ at 154. He won't be officially recognized, unfortunately, but for me... He's the uncrowned champ. I thought he beat Charlo. I could have lived with a draw if 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 two of the three judges had a fourteen fourteen. I could have lived with that. But uh, Nelson Vasquez, I think that's his name, seventeen eleven. He had the round. He only gave three rounds to um, Castano. I'm dying to hear your thoughts on this. We haven't spoken about it. Break it down for us. Yeah. Everyone wants to hear. Yeah, what
1: you Ken. You know when you use the word when you open this up and and you subconsciously you're being brilliant right now. You are. Yeah, you're, you're you're being innate. You're being brilliant without even knowing you're brilliant. Maybe. Oh, uh, someone like you probably knows you're brilliant all the time. But, <laughs> Don't uh, luck. You. There was back in the fifties, there was an uncrowned maybe it was the forties. I think it was the fifties. Um the great historians out there look it up, um like people like Mike Silver, he'll call me up, he watches our program, his he's one of the great historians of boxing. He'll say, no, it was uh you know, it was fifty or fifty one, it was, was forty nine, whatever. But Billy Graham, Billy Graham was the uncrowned champ. He was uh he was known as the uncrowned champ. I think it was Kid Gavilan that he fought. I think. I'm not positive. And they felt that he got robbed, obviously. And they called him the uncrowned champ. Billy Graham. Uh, Billy Graham. Uh, listen, there's there's one difference. There's a few differences in this. Uh, it's a great way to describe it and get people's attention and to attach to history. Uh, when there's history to attach to it. But... And it goes to show you that robberies, uh, if there are robberies, haven't just started now. Even though I talk about them so much now, and how horrific it is for the sport uh, when you have these robberies, and how, how just how debilitating it is to the sport you know where it chases fans away you, you know it, it, it takes away the integrity I mean people talk about Pete Rose you know I think he should be in the Hall of Fame baseball um, you know I know I segue all over the place but that's alright I get back to the right place eventually but and and I know where I'm going I think anyway um, where Pete Rose you know because of the gambling they, they won't let him in the Hall of Fame because it took away the integrity of the game um, what about bad decisions i mean it's always taken away and so we banned pete rose right i think he should be in the hall of fame just purely for what he did you know for breaking over four thousand hits and being a, the hit king i i do forget about what kind of person he is about I, I i he's been punished enough just purely 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 for his accomplishments as a baseball player on that diamond I think he belongs in there, but I get it. You can't have people gambling on a game, the integrity of the game. You have to, you have, to have an iron rule about that, and they're showing that uh, because it will destroy their integrity. Well, why can't we have an iron freaking rule? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to yell. Uh, about it when it comes to boxing, where if you get bad judges, and we've had plenty of them. We've had plenty of them. We, oh, my goodness. We've, where you ban them from the game. We banned Pete Rose, the great Pete Rose? Well, these judges have never done anything great like Pete Rose has. Never come close to doing anything great like Pete, uh, given what he's given to the sport. Uh, I know he made those, I get it, the mistakes, but no one has. none of these judges have come close to giving anything the way that Pete Rose has given uh, and had given to his sport. And you know what? These judges should be banned. Some of them. Banned. A guy like him. Banned. Now I'm going to take a turn that you didn't expect. You didn't expect. Uh, but first I got to finish on this. Vasquez, if that's his name, 117-111. Ban him. Ban him. I'm, I, I have no more patience. Yeah, Teddy's suspect. Ban him. Yeah, Teddy, maybe you should. Ban him. But uh, uh, why? Somebody's just f- making me go to the band. Uh, because I'm... I, I, It's just so long that we've talked about that nothing's happened. It's like having a bad kid. You know, if you don't start punishing them, you don't start making them accountable at a certain age, guess what, it gets worse. Guess what, then you try to do it later, it doesn't work. We've waited too long. So right now, for me, for the fans that I represent, that I talk to that are good enough to come up to me and trust me and ask me about such thing and ask me to help the sport in the ways they have when I work for ESPN and when I do this now, I mean, you know it's gone too long to just talk about suspensions madam because it's almost like you know uh, it's like having chicken soup when you have a cold yeah it's nice and all but it doesn't kill the germ <laughs> it doesn't kill the germ it's chicken soup it makes you feel good especially if my wife makes it she makes all oh, of unbelievable everything she makes and great chicken soup yeah to make you feel better that way but it won't uh, you need an antibiotic you need something to kill the germ you need to get rid of the germ you don't suspend the germ you get rid of the germ these germs these germs in our sports fast squares, one of those terms, get rid of them. Get rid of these germs. Get rid of the germs. I, I used to talk on ESPN about suspension. Suspend them, bring them down to the minors. Do what baseball does. The umpire is doing bad, bring them down to the minors. Take away that privilege. It's a privilege to have a license to be a pro judge. It, it is, it's a it's a big responsibility. You got somebody's life in your hand, somebody's career in your hand. If, if you rob them, they might never get a chance to get a big fight again. You, you got their career. Listen, we take driver's license away. We Where people are having too many accidents? Why? Because they can hurt somebody. Well, these judges, when they do these things, they're hurting somebody. They're hurting the careers of these fighters, the futures of these fighters. Yeah, they're hurting somebody, too. So, just like it's a privilege, you know, to be, it's... You, you don't have to have a, a driver's license. You earn a driver's license by showing that you earned it. And it gets taken away when you show that you don't deserve it. But you have to show you deserve it. Same thing with a judge's license. When you show you don't deserve take the damn thing away. I used to be on ESPN saying, "Uh, do what the baseball does. You know, they judge these These uh, umps, when they're doing bad, they take them out of the cycle. You know, they take them out of the rotation and they send them down to the minors or wherever they send them, and they're not on the big games anymore until they show that they can get it right. Then they earn their way back. Now, I've been saying that for years. I've been saying that for years in boxing, that we need somebody to do that. That uh, The problem is we have nobody that does it. We don't have a national commission that does it like baseball, or football, or basketball. We don't. We have these individual state commissions that sometimes they're a joke. Yeah, I said it. Sometimes they're a joke. You're a joke, okay? And it's a bad joke. It's a joke on the fans. It's a joke on the fighters. It's a joke on, on the sport. It's a joke because they don't do freaking crap. They don't do diddly squat, these commissions. What, What are you commissioning? really think about it i don't need webster's dictionary here ken think about it commission does that does that kind of lend you to the to the belief that you commissioned something that you're doing something what the frick are they doing you got these bad judges and you got worse ones and it happens every week every week every two weeks every three weeks it happens all the time and you have these judges and what does the commission do what do they do what do they do they do nothing the judge is back next week or maybe three days later if there's a show and he's judging or she's judging again come on come on that judge that judge that years ago had it a draw with canelo and and had it a draw I, I, I you can't cry, so you laugh, you laugh, you laugh, you laugh. She was back judging. Yeah. She, I mean, ma- ma- matter of fact, I'm the one who got it kicked out for a little while because I went on with my man Stephen A. He's the man. We went and we screamed at the cameras. I screamed at the cameras on ESPN uh, afterwards on Sports Center for God knows how long. God bless the producers that night. They let me go. They let me rant. They let me go on. And you know what? The next day they finally had to do so. A two days later they finally had to suspend them but she was back she was back you know they just they just did the you know they did that yokey yoke you know that you know that little week okay that little week and then you know oh yeah we're gonna do something then she's back whatever uh right after that so so they so at the end of the day nothing gets done so those ideas that i thought were good ideas to suspend them and i thought they made sense i thought they were responsible i'm fed up just get rid of the freaking get rid of the germ
0: hey guys quick break to give a shout out to today's sponsor privacy.com privacy.com lets you buy things online or send money using a virtual card instead of having to use your real credit cards or debit cards i've said this before but after as someone who's had my credit card info hacked online i now exclusively use privacy.com for all my online purchases it's free to use, it allows you to track all your online purchases in one place, you can even get 1% cash back on all your purchases with the pro service. If you'd like to give it a try, head over to privacy.com atlas and you'll automatically get $5 to spend on your first purchase if you sign up now. Again, free to use, please check them out. It's a great service and by signing up, you're also helping out the podcast and we really appreciate it. Head over to privacy.com Atlas, A-T-L-A-S to try this free service and get $5 to spend on your first purchase when you sign up now. Today's episode is also brought to us by Athletic Greens. I love this stuff, guys. I've been preaching about it for the last couple of years. I'm just back from the fights in Vegas and I credit Athletic Greens with getting me home safely. I know I sound like a broken record, but honestly I love this stuff, I take it everywhere. It's made from 75 whole food sourced ingredients, it's got vitamins, minerals, probiotics, prebiotics and antioxidants. These guys at Athletic Green spent 10 years with top nutritionists and doctors to create this formula. It's like an insurance policy for your body's health and immunity. So to stay on top of all your immunity needs with 12 servings of fruits and vegetables, you have no need for multivitamins or whatever else you might be taking, Athletic Greens has you covered. Athletic Greens has given our listeners 10 free travel packs with their first purchase. So whether you're looking to boost your energy levels, support your immune system, or address gut health, Athletic Greens is the way to go. Simply visit athleticgreens.com atlas. To claim the special offer of 10 free travel packs with your first purchase, again, that's athleticgreens.com atlas.
1: Just get rid of the germ. Now, having said that, having said that, I'm going to tell you <clears throat> that in the end, the right thing happened, despite Vasquez, because it was a draw. Yeah, you didn't expect me to go back there, did you, people? Did you? But I, I will go anywhere I have to go. To, to tell the truth. To tell what I believe to be the truth. From my years of experience. As a trainer, as a broadcaster, as a fighter. I, I, I don't care. So I'll go down that road I just had to go. That rocky, tough road that I just had to go down. Because it's still a problem when you've got people like Vasquez. It's still a problem. It's still a problem. And I'll tell you the rest of the problem. 75% of the people that watched the fight thought, thought, thought that Costano got robbed. And i tell you what the problem is. I, I'm with you, people. It's, it was a draw, by the way. Maybe one point this way or that way, but it was a draw. It, it's nothing wrong with it. But I understand, to you good people out there. You good people that, that I care about. And you care about the sport. And that's why I care about you. I understand where your heart is. I understand where your mind is. That you're thinking enough is enough. That you, But you don't even realize, I don't think, where you were taken. If you think about it and you watch it again, coldly, without a... Without a germ like Vasquez off, right? If you watch it just coldly, stoetic, stoically, stoically, with no emotions, you watch it with no sound. You're going to say, yeah, Teddy, it was a draw, or it was very close to being a draw. It was right there. It was right there. And sometimes judging is too subjective. We need to understand the criterion for judging. We need to send judges to, to schools, to seminars, where there's no subjectiveness, or very little, where, where it's this or that. It's about who lands the harder punches. It's about who dictates the pace of the fight. Who's the boss? It's about that. Who lands the most telling blows it's about that yeah we need to understand that criterion so people would say well i like this guy because you know he looked kind of cute on the outside you know and he was doing no 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 not about looking cute on uh, that who's effective who's effective who's the boss who's in control who's landing the harder cleaner punches but having said that if you take this germ out of the picture and you watch this you're gonna see it was that close you're gonna see that Castano had a big lead, and you're gonna see that that you're gonna see that Charlo came back like a like a horse down the stretch, you know, coming coming down coming 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 that he came on and won a lot of late rounds. Yeah, yeah, he hurt Castano twice there's no doubt what in the second round the 10th round I don't have it in front of me I think it was the second round 10th round and I'll look at my notes in the middle the right. Some rounds that could have went either way that's right could have went either thank you Ken could have went either way but Castano had a nice lead and then again Charlo started to dig into that started to eat into that lead Late down and use his power he's a big guy for junior middleweight he's got a big advantage over a lot of these he's big and his power shows when he when he needs it when he needs it, he needed it against Tony Harrison. I thought he was losing that fight the second time he got beat. The first time, people were crying about it. I thought he got beat, and then the second time he was getting beat. But then he uh, Harrison made a mistake. He stayed there a little too long. He got caught with the left hook, and you know, and he again he did what Wilder used to do, you know, what uh, Wilder the heavyweight pull pull it out of the fire because he has power. You know, makes up for a lot of things. It's a great eraser, and so that eraser was there to help him down the stretch uh, a little bit, you know, the power, where he hurt him in the 10th round, where he took those late rounds, uh, there's no doubt about it, but there's no doubt that Costano had built up a lead, and there's no doubt that it was a close fight, but the doubt is put there by guys like Vasquez. The doubt is put there like predecessors to Vasquez people before him that have robbed the crap out of the sport that have destroyed the sport that have tainted the sport that have damaged the sport that have damaged the thinking of our great fans that that have put us into a paranoid state yeah a paranoid state so the 75% they showed on that tv that said no because I don't want to fight I'm gonna tell you something I'm gonna argue with you in a good way because I love you I'm with you I'm on your side I feel for you But I'm going to argue with you in a way and explain it in a way that I can, in a way that you are on high alert. Red alert, like Defcom Five, Defcom Four. You know, ready, ready for anything that could be coming because because that alarm went on. Because as soon as you heard one seventeen, one eleven, you were me, just like Ken might have, like Ken, and I'm gonna let Ken talk about it because he represents you guys as a fan. He rever- he can talk to you guys. He can talk to what I'm talking about, to how he felt uh, the same way as how you felt, and I'm gonna have him do that. But well, I'm gonna lay out the picture first. I'm gonna, I, I gotta, I gotta paint the. Paint. Painting first. And the painting, the picture of it all, is once it went to 117, 111 you forgot about everything. Right away. Right away. And you said, oh my God, here we are again. They're gonna rob the guy. They're gonna give it to the house fighter. They're gonna give it to the promoters fighter. Because that's what they do. Because that's how the boxing game works. Yeah. Yeah. That's how they do. And yeah, they're all fixed fights. Oh, did I say that? Oh, somebody, somebody, really upset. Oh, you're upset. I use that word fixed. Oh, yeah, it's a powerful word. I shouldn't. Fixed! Yeah, sometimes they're all fixed fights. Yeah. Yes, they are fake. You don't need an envelope of cash in a, in a cigar-filled room like they did back in the days of Frankie Carbo and, and, and Blinky Palermo and all those guys. And it happened. It did. It happened. They they didn't need that. And then you had to keep out for investigation and all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, and got rid of those guys. But, yeah, you got different guys now. You're different guys now. You got these promoters. And there's only, let's talk about painting a picture. let paint the true picture. There's only three of them there's only a few of them right there's three of them you know who they are right right hern and heyman right and and um and Aram, you know and they all have their networks they each have you know hern's got da uh the zone uh aram's got espn of course and and then uh, uh of course you got ppc Heyman, uh they got fox and they got showtime so that's their sugar daddies yeah that's their sugar dad the networks are the sh- sugar daddies you know that's how they can do things that's how they right that's where they get their money from so they're they're in they're together in this you know they 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 have their little and their little power bay and they want you you they want you and one of the ways they get you is with undefeated records with champs with titles with belts oh don't even start about the belts don't even start. but that's where these organizations come that's with all these belts because the belts look good they give authenticity they give validity they think they think bells and whistles right they think it gives you know it, it draws you it draws you because you want to see a belt yeah yeah i'm sorry you're being used that way i'm sorry to inform you that way i am i am but yeah yeah they they give so they keep their guys so they protect you know they they protect their business they make sure that they're in cahoots with the organization, they get the belts, plenty of belts, million belts. Oh, you need a belt? I I, I have one order for you. I have it delivered right to you. Quicker than Amazon. <laughs> Just really. Call, the, <laughs> quick, call WBC, WBA, WBO now. You know, now there's four of them. IBF, right? Uh, I'll get your belt. Get it, boom, jiffy, real quick. All right, uh, okay. Now, what happens? is they gotta they gotta you know they gotta they gotta take care of their guys so yeah you guys know the drill you guys have been down that road you guys have been seeing as for too long where the promoters fighter the, the house fighter right is always treated right and again it's not an yeah it's fixed you know how it's fixed it's fixed by only i what did i just tell you the whole sport of boxing only has three guys De la hoya basically you know he he's he's gone I mean, he, he, he's barely hanging on. He's barely <laughs> hanging on. <laughs> hey, Oscar, poor Oscar, he's barely, the poor guy, he's, barely, he's back to fighting again. That's all you need to know. I mean, he's, he's, listen, he's done great things. He was a great fighter, all that stuff, really. And he had a big, uh, big moment there with the promoting and stuff. But once he lost Canelo, uh, he's, you know, he's working on fumes. So you got these, you got these three guys, only three guys that are controlling the whole sport. And so how's it fixed? Well, a judge knows that if the right guy doesn't win the fight, the promoter's guy, they ain't working no more. Yeah, you heard it. There's a way to keep them from working. There, There is, there is. These power brokers, they can say, we don't want that judge. We want our other judges. Which ones? Eh, the ones that are a little friendlier, a little friendlier friendlier you know so there's certain guys there's certain guys that the you know that they they know not everyone not everyone but a lot of them that they understand that there's only three places to basically that are controlling the whole business of boxing working you know with tv with big fights with meaningful fights with fights where they could get paid right with fights where you know it's it's got some some punch to it if you will so they understand that's not a lot so they understand that if when they're working that's the only guys that are gonna be really bringing fights to TV there's no one else that's it so if you get on that bad side there's no other side to get on you got it guys there's no other side that's it that's it those are the those are the three kings if you will <laughs> the 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 king makers the power brokers Right? And they, they control everything. So, so if you don't make them happy, if their guy doesn't win for their network, you might not work again. Where are you going to go? That's it. Where are you going to go? So it doesn't have to be an envelope. It's understood. It's understood that you don't do the right thing. Hey, you know what? You might not be there no more. right? And there's guys that do do the right thing. But there's guys that fall into this there are and vasquez might will be very well be one of those guys not the smartest guy not too brilliant that because that's how cocky people get when they are used to getting away with things you know that ken when people are used to getting away with things and they don't get their wrist slapped and boxing nobody gets their wrist slapped we just talked about it you you get arrogant you get stupid. You get cal. You start to think you're above the law. You've heard all those terms, haven't you? With the politicians, they do things because they're above the law. The you can't hurt them. You can't get to them. So this guy, instead of making it a little bit more believable, he <laughs> makes it one seventeen, one eleven. Because he's a cocky son of a gun. He's an arrogant. He's so, he, he's so used to get. All he knows is he's got to take care of his guy. He's got to take care of. He's got to do what he got to do. Now it's either that. Or it's incompetence. But I'm going to argue who could be that incompetent. Who? I'm going to make a scenario. The only scenario I could buy, Ken. The only scenario I could buy for that it was incompetence. That he never judged a fight before. <laughs> well, if he never judged a fight before, what's he judging a, a championship fight for? for the title. Okay, Teddy, calm down. Calm down, Ted. Calm down. You're right. I got you. But we are just making scenarios. That's all we're doing. Now, if he happened to be a guy that never judged a fight before and he came from another sport that's, say, soccer, <laughs> right? Maybe this is his first fight. Maybe he's thinking, hey, in soccer, you're not allowed to use your hands. It's a penalty. You're not allowed to use your hands. It's a pe- so I'm going to penalize Mr. Castano because he used his hands a little too much. So if you go down that, maybe I could accept that. If he was a soccer judge before, and he never judged a fight before, I could get the incompetence. I'm with you. But no. No, this was a championship fight for all the marbles, for all the belts, even though it's four belts. Oh, my God. But anyway, it's for all these trinkets, right? Whatever. That makes everyone happy and allows the business to go the way it goes. He, he did fights before. So he can't be that incompetent, can he? So what is it then? Corruption. Something corrupt. Something in the along the lines of what I just gave you an explanation. So to the fans out there, there's 75% that thought could stop, I get it. I get it because when a guy, when a germ like Vasquez says 117-111, you say, here we go again. We're being a host. Here we go again. Here we go again. They're taking care of the house guy. Here we go, but no, because the other guy's got it right. It still takes a majority, and the other guy's got it right. And it was it was either draw or very 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 close. But what got you guys in arms, that made you go crazy to say no 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 no? He won. is because of what Vasquez did, because you were reacting to that. You were reacting to being hurt for so many years, being just banged over the head <laughs> banged over the head by by these damn judges and i really it's not right and, and you're reacting to that ken and and you and and right away you you're fighting back and, and you're not getting a chance to really say no you know what take away Vasquez from the equation you know what it was a close fight it could be a draw and i'll tell you one other thing the way the fight went See, at the end of the day, unless you knock a guy down or really destroy a guy, it's 10-9, right? It's not 10-8. So here, how do, different ways to get to 10-9. And here's something very interesting. To you 75% that thought Costano won. And, and, and I'm with you. I really am. That's why I'm taking the time to break it down this way. But the rounds that Costano, because of his styles, you know, styles make fights. And I always talk about geography. It's always about geography. It really is. I, I'd always say that, and now I'm sure some other people will grab it <laughs> too somewhere. But um, it, it's it really is about geography. Who gets to the location, to the real estate? Who buys, who buys the real estate in that ring, that they need to project their talents the best, to be able to use their talents, their abilities to the best? Who gets that geography? Now the geography for Mister Charlo is on the outside he's big he's a big junior middleweight wow that's one of his big advantages all in that division but anyway he he's big he's long and he wants to control the outside right he wants to do it as a boxer with the jail control that now castano is short and he's you know his length isn't as good he's got to have the geography inside so here's the thing so when castano got the geography inside he won the rounds and he did his job he worked and he worked intensely and there was there was a lot of work going on a lot of noise if you will, a lot of commotion a lot of a lot of stuff where you took notice really you know what I mean you took some things make you take notice you know what I mean like yeah you might have a guy coming down playing a flute doesn't really make you t- take notice does it no doesn't make me take notice. But then you got a guy banging a freaking drum. Bam, 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 bam. Oh, what's that? What's that? Oh, it's a drum. Hey, Teddy, there's a fluke. Forget that. Oh, a what? Uh, look at the drums. It makes you take notice. So when he, so when Costano is fighting his fight, which he did beautifully, inside, banging to the body, going up and down, getting inside, you take notice. And what you notice is it's still 10-9, but he won the round bigger. It's a louder round. It's more of a bang. It's a bang-out round. It gets your attention because he wins that round. Right, Ken? You you with me? He wins the rounds that Costano won. He won bigger and louder than the rounds that Charlo won quieter on the outside jab jab every once in a while look for a right hand Bop. Bop. you know control range controlling distance staying on the outside those rounds there wasn't as much to separate the fighters he won them don't get me wrong but there wasn't as much to separate the rounds that castano won there's a lot to separate he won them more convincingly he won them louder he won them bigger And you took attention to that. You took notice to that. So some of you 75% out there that don't, because he won the rounds bigger, you say he won the fight. But here's the thing. It's still 10-9. Any way you slice it, any way you cut it, it's still 10-9. It don't matter how big he won the round unless he really hurt him and that's different. Then you get 10-8. But other than that, it's 10-9. So he won these rounds bigger with a with a larger separation louder and you took notice of it. and the other guy nice and quiet we're in a library here don't make too much noise you might get thrown out nice and quiet
0: maybe with the exception of round two and ten uh, where he looked
1: yeah, yeah. oh yeah. yeah yeah no that's what i said yeah. he heard him twice he heard him twice and and i get it i get it and that's that's what helped him catch up that's what helped him catch up where he fell behind in the rounds that he fell behind because of the way Castano was winning those rounds and the way he was winning them on the inside where he was more dominant in the rounds he won than Charlo was dominant in the rounds he won except for the two the, t- the second don't forget that uh, don't forget that Charlo got hurt once too he got hurt once too but um but in the second and tenth rounds were the rounds were the rounds as i say that he got hurt so i i wanted to take the time on this broadcast on this show to lay it all out to lay it all out yeah there's crooks out there yeah there's fixed fights i'm sorry i know there's a lot of people that don't like that you know there's a little guy he's short and, uh, you know he's little he, he he likes he likes to he likes to he likes to tell tales. <laughs> he, he likes to tell tales. Um, not always true tales. But anyway, I know that there's guys there that don't appreciate the truth in that way and don't appreciate me using the word corruption in the sport. But you know what? I don't like to use it either. But I don't like what it does. I don't like what it does to the careers of these fighters and to the families of these fighters. I don't freaking like it! Okay? I don't. Okay? Okay? So I don't give a freaking <laughs> you know what uh, into a place of you know where. I don't care. I just care about trying to make this sport a little better. A little bit better for the fans and for the fighters. And um and for too long we've had we've had this problem. And Vasquez just he just awoken he just awoken the the, the sleeping monster that, that's never that far asleep. That's never that far asleep. He gets woken up in boxing way too often. Way too often. And, and he woke him up again. He woke him up on the wrong night when it wasn't a robbery. It wasn't a Brinks heist like we've seen so many times. It wasn't. It really wasn't yeah you could go if you wanted to go here I got you I got you you want to say that that he won the caststar I got you I'm with you but you but the draw's not the draw's not really wrong and but what was wrong was the one seventeen one eleven that it that it brought back these memories well it brought back these thoughts and and hopefully I laid it out. The way i wanted to lay it out i think i did and now i want to hear from you ken really from my heart from from for the fans out there that talk to me when they see me i want to hear it from you or for what i just said how you were how you were influenced by that how you felt uh from that and during that
0: well i'm glad that you uh broke it down the way you did and uh when i when i introed the fight. I said I don't have a problem and, and for, for the fans we've never we never discussed the fights until we get on the show purposely so we could give you like the authentic takes from my perspective and from Teddy's and as I said when I in the intro although I called him the uncrowned champ I said I don't have a problem with a draw. I thought the kid won the fight. I could live with if everyone scored it 14-14 I can accept that. Okay, it was really close. I liked his action. Like you said, his action was his rounds were a little bit louder, save for the second and 10th when Charlo looked really good and strong and he had him on the ropes. And first off, credit to both guys. They both looked awesome. They were both rocked at times. They both came back. It was an awesome back and forth battle. Credit to Charlo because I thought he was way behind and he came on strong late in the rounds and fought like a champion. It's just hard, like you said, to rally behind Charlo when you know that he's getting the gift. He's getting every benefit of the, for the of the doubt you know before they read the scorecards I'm like I know that this kid's not gonna win they're not gonna give him the win maybe we can squeak out a draw but I know that if, if it's either a draw or Castano won there was no argument for Charlo winning the fight so when they read that 17-11 I'm like how did this guy think that that Castano only won three rounds that was the problem I had it's like just explain to me show me because you could find five to six rounds that Costano won convincingly. So that was the biggest problem is there's no way in hell that you can't find three rounds for this kid. So I wonder when, he, when he's going through the scorecard to your point about like, I got to do what's right for the promoter. If he's just like, ah, screw it. No one's even going to pick up on this. I'll give him this round. Hopefully the other judges are on board with me and we can squeak this out. But when you're so one-sided that, even, that no one else can get on board with the level of like, craziness that you're up to you get the result like this like with Adelaide Bird where you, you look at the scorecard and you're like what the hell I, I almost feel like those judges look at the others like thanks a lot guys you threw me under the bus I thought we were all in on this together and no no one could be that crazy man 1711 there isn't a person there is I don't even think Charles camp could look at that and be like yeah yeah he only won three rounds even I bet you even they were like dude can you like be a little less discreet that's crazy So that was my take on it. I can live with the draw, I can live with it. I can't live with 1711, that's the part that...
1: No, no, I understand that. The last thing I wanna just get from you, and you said it beautifully, but the thing that I wanna put a little more emphasis on, I wanna just color in a little bit more. You said it right, you did. You came on and you said, you know, the uncrowned champ because a lot of people felt that. But then you also said, I can live with the draw. I can't live with the 117, 111. So you did that, you did that perfectly. Um, what I want to know, from just like the fans, it's about emotions. They call fans fans because it's short for fanatic. short fanatic that that it's not about sometimes anything other than emotion it's about you loving your team you're loving your fighter it's your guy you're a fan you can be emotional you're allowed to be emotional you get moved by emotions so as a fan when you heard Forget about what you just saw. You just saw a good competitor. You said it beautifully. You saw a good tight fight where one guy get ahead and the other guy fought back to bring it close to get back. You know, to to get back because he knew he was behind. And more, more proof to that is his corner. All you had to hear here was Charlo's corner. Ken, exactly. all night you're you're behind. I'm glad you, you knocked out that. to win. Yeah, I'm glad I remembered it. You're you're behind. You need to come back. You need to win rounds. You're blowing rounds. You're losing rounds. You 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 need a knockout at the end. So so we we know what we're ta- we're on the page. We're on the right page here. And he did do that. He did come back to his credit, and he earned a draw because he was losing a fight. He earned a draw by coming back the way he came back, but having said all of that and having witnessed all of that and seeing all of that and saying, okay, one part of your mind, the, the part that, that is, is more cerebral, that's more calmer, the part that's a little separate from the fan part. You know, there's different parts of the brain. There's different dimensions, there's different sides to the brain. So the side that is just more analytical, that's uh, like you're talking about, he came back. Okay, he tightened his fight up. He did what he had to do. This could be close. This could be close. This could be a draw. But then, the other side, when you heard Vasquez say 117, 111, here's the question to you. Were you, from that point of view, having been down this road before, seeing these robberies before, were you influenced by that? 100%. When you,
0: 100%. Oh. Because like I said to you from the beginning, like I said, okay, I can reluctantly accept the draw, although I think Castano won the fight. I can accept that. But when they said 17-11, I was just like, here we go again, most corrupt sport in the world. How are they going to do this to this kid? But then, yeah, then... It,
1: were you influenced, but were you influenced in a way that I think some of the fans exactly. were? Exactly. Were you influenced in a way where suddenly you said, yeah, the, it wasn't close. Like, like, were, were you... Were you... Were, were, where not where you started thinking because you're thinking they're robbing because they're looking to do an injustice once again once again here they come here they come in to do an injustice a robbery in broad daylight well not broad daylight but right in, right in front of the cameras here they are they're going to do a robbery right in front of everybody they don't care they're so bold uh, and arrogant when it comes to this stuff they 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 don't care so they're about they're about to do that and was there a part of you when you when you were kind of the sirens went off because the one seventeen, one eleven was like a siren. When the sirens went off, did you to just suddenly say No, to kind of push away from that, say, Oh, since they're robbing this guy, no, I'm not satisfied with the Costano because 'Cause they're doing that because they're doing that because Costano won. They're doing that because Costano won. And then did it start to take that's what I'm saying, and that's where I think the seventy-five percent of the fans out there that are saying costano won. I think that's part of being influenced by that. I'm not trying to control you guys. I'm not. You you make your own decision. You watch the fight the way you want to watch the fight. I'm with you, but I think that that, I think that was a component of this. I I think that that was a dimension of this that night. That just like you just said, Ken as a fan, that once you heard the sirens go off and that they're looking to rob this kid 117-11, you you forgot about that it was a close fight. You started to think one thing. They're robbing this kid. That's right. They're robbing this kid because he won. Because he won a freaking fight. And you know what? It's been validated now. Forget about my eyeballs. It's been validated now by what the judge just tried to do. That's and, right. And I think that was go- I think that was going on. And um, let me just look at my notes. I want to tell you one thing here for the fans out there, so they know that I'm looking at this in a very serious way. There were close rounds. I re- I made notes. There were close rounds. So I'm willing to give you that where I can understand, you know, a, a sway here or there. I wrote down, there were close rounds. The fifth was very close. I gave it to Costano, And it could have went the other way. It could have even went even. There were some rounds were so close, I could have made it even. I try not to make even rounds, but sometimes you should. You shouldn't be afraid to make an even round. Sometimes. Rather than make a mistake and go somewhere where you shouldn't go. But anyway, there was close rounds. The fifth was very close. I gave it to Costano. The ninth for me, was very close. I gave it to Charlo. And even the 11th, after he was hurt, in the 10th, was close. And I gave that also to Charlo. So I went on the side of Charlo in three close fights, in three close rounds. Two of them I went with Charlo. And I came up with a draw. And I still went with Charlo. And I came up. So I easily get you out there that I could have went the other way. And I could have came up with Costano. I get that. But I just don't get the one seventeen one oh No, I'm going to say that and I'm going to finish on this. I'm going to say it and correct myself. Unfortunately. I do get it. That's that's the sad part. That's the sad part. The reasonable part of my brain, there is a reasonable part of my brain, believe it. There is there is so you could talk to friends of mine and people know there, there's a reasonable part of me there is my family will tell you they're they're they're, they're going the record for that um they're vouched for me but the reasonable just um experienced part you know of of my brain you know un- understands you know it it understands uh how a fight can be judged and how one round could go this way or that way you know my experience i understand that i do unfortunately what i said i don't understand but unfortunately with my experience i do understand unfortunately is how you can get 117 111. it's 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 not good it's not good it's not good like I said, it can only be corruption or incompetence, and I just, I just argue that I just argued before how somebody who's supposed to be experienced and know what they're doing in this game, how can they be that incompetent? How? How can you explain it to me? I'm willing to listen. How can you be that incompetent, that incompetent that you make it that? And we're all these other judges that have done that. That's, that's where you, you can't ignore the fact that there's something called corruption that's out there. You, you, you can't. To ignore it is, well, it's not being honest. It's not being honest with the body of proof that's been put out there, that the way the business w- works, the, the way the business is set up, it's a business that and an environment of business that is set up, and I'll finish with this. It's set up to be corrupted. It is. It is with no policing, really. With with no with no, you know, but there, there's no, you know, balancing of things, you know, on both sides. There's there's nothing in place to properly police this sport. It's set up in a way where. There's no separation between the people that are supposed to be making the rules and the people that are making money. (laughs) There's no separation. There's no separation between, you know, church and state. There's no separation between the people that are supposed to regulate the sport and the people that want to do nothing but make money in the sport. And when that happens, corruption comes about. Because really, if you leave it to human beings' devices, sometimes they're going to say, hey, this is a chance for me to make a little extra money over there. Nobody's going to do anything to me. Nobody's going to put me in jail. Mm. I think I'll make a little extra money. There's nobody watching. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Maybe I'll put my hand in that cookie jar. I know I'm not supposed to. I know that, you know, I'm supposed to be leaving these cookies alone. There's other people that want to get some. But maybe <laughs> I'll just take one. I'm not really... You know in their mind they're not hurting anybody they're just getting an extra cookie they're just getting an extra cookie well these judges have gotten too many extra cookies for too long and you know what to my best of my ability i'm gonna freaking make sure that they don't the best i can and that's it
0: uh, open invite for um, Nelson Vazquez to come on and discuss his uh, scorecard with us whenever yes. he likes. Love to hear yes from it him. Is. Well, Teddy, on another note, uh, we've got the heavyweight uh, trilogy between Fury and Tyson. Uh, Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder pushed out to October, coincides with the uh, beginning of college football. Tons of uh, marketing and advertising opportunities. The conspiracy theorists will say, maybe Tyson Fury didn't have COVID and they were worried about pay-per-view sales. Again, conspiracy theorists may say that, not necessarily me, but what say you?
1: I understand that. I understand that because that has happened. Fights have been and there's a precedent for it. The fights have been cancelled because the pay per view or the ticket sales, whatever you wanna you know, whichever side of it, um haven't been good, have been slow. You know, and if the ticket sales are so it projects it projects poorly towards the pay per view. So they 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 can read you know, they can read the uh you know they they they, read the tea leaves they know how to they know how to read the tea leaves they you know they know which way the wind's blowing these guys (laughs) you know they do so they know what time it is you know and and it could be a poor time for the fight so uh they could pull the plug i don't know that that's the case here i know it's possible and i know that the conspiracy theory is out there i get it i understand it um and maybe it is but i don't think so um You know, because a lot of people are going to say, you know, nowadays after testing positive for COVID, they say furious negative, you know, uh, like so quick. But who, who knows how long he had it before being tested? Because the only reason he got tested from all the news out there is because someone in his camp had it. So he could have had it for X amount of time. Before he ever get tested, and then by the time he got tested, he was a few ways few days away from it being out of his system, and then he gets the negative so that's a so that's very vi- that's a very viable possibility a very valid possibility. That that it's no shenanigans going on here, you know. That yeah, I get you. I get. I'm with you, especially in this sport. I I uh, you know just because you're paranoid, don't mean they ain't nobody trying to get you. <laughs> I I I'm with you. I'm with you. But just just because he tested positive and then days later he tests negative, there can't be explanations. I just gave one. I just gave one. He could have, you know, he could have had it and never knew he had it. And then finally gets tested and then, you know, okay, he has it. And then two days later, three days later, whatever it was, I don't know. Four days later, bang, he don't have it. Hey, come on, that sounds fishy. No, it don't. No, it don't. No, it don't. It could be a scenario where that could make sense. It could make sense. And it could have been a false positive, too. You know, it could have been. It's possible. I don't think so. But it could have been a false positive, too, that that it said he was positive. You know, that happens. You get false positives. You never know. Um, You know, you never know. And like I said, it was reported initially that someone in Furious Camp had it before him. Uh, You know, um, now the fight's off until October. Um, And again, you know, people are going to say that... um, why is it postponed that long? And that's the other part that I'm hearing. I want to cover it all. Some people are saying, "Oh, Teddy, why is it postponed so long? If he's negative now?" Well, first off, you don't know how long it can and will remain in his body. You know, um, you need time to be sure that you got rid of the virus. You just don't know. Yeah, I know what it sounds like in his fishy with these promoters and his. I get it. I get it, but I want to be fair, and I want to be responsible here. And when I go crazy, I go crazy responsibly. Yeah, even when I go crazy, I do it responsibly because I think there's a reason to go crazy. I'm not going crazy right now. I'm just saying that I, that they put it off to October. It seems like a long time if he's negative, but again, you don't know how long they don't know a lot about this virus they don't and you don't know how long it stays in your system sometimes everyone's different and one thing you don't want to do is come back too soon i think Pavetkin came back too soon yeah i do pressure was put on him to fight sooner maybe you know and all that stuff i won't go into it i went into it two podcasts ago and so i won't go into it again into all that what but it did you know to get the payday but perfect when he fought the rematch with dillian white i know perfect was 40 something i get it but when he fought he didn't look right right from the beginning he didn't look right it looked like he was getting staggered by the national anthem <laughs> i mean he he his, really he was he was wobbly before he ever got hit he was it looked bad looked bad and, and I, I think it's a good possibility that he came back too soon and was still affected by the virus, or if it wasn't still in him, he didn't have enough proper time to train, you, you know, and get ready um, after he suffered the virus, where he was still weak, where his body wasn't 100% back. I, I really feel that way. So you don't want that to happen if you're Fury, if you can avoid it. And and in this case, you're the money guy. You're the golden goose. You're the you're really the guy. You know we say both guy. No, he's the guy with the title. He's the guy who won the last time. So you know he's he's the uh, A side right now. Yeah, right now he is. Like it or not, so he can call the shots. You know it revolves around him right now, and he can call the shots. And if he feels he needs to October, hey, if I'm the trainer, I'm doing the same damn thing. I want as much time as I I might not even be satisfied with October. I don't give a damn about the promoters. I care about the fighter and about him being a hundred not ninety five, not eighty-five, not ninety-eight, not ninety-nine percent, a hundred percent ready for this freaking fight against a dangerous guy. A dangerous guy in while who can still punch. He can't fight, but he can still punch. You know, he I mean he he comes up short in a lot of dimensions of fighting, but you know, and of course, uh, you know, and his behavior after the fight with all the excuses and all that stuff, I mean, that that wasn't good. But as far as getting down to the nitty-gritty, getting down to the facts, getting down, you know, just to just to what happens in the ring and the, the physical aspects of it, he can punch like hell. You can't play games. You can't be 98%. You can't be anything but 100% when you're fighting a guy that dangerous. And again, if I was the trainer... Uh, I might have waited to... I might have waited to... I might have waited to the new (laughs) year. Yeah, people go crazy. I don't care. I don't care. If that's what I felt I needed, uh, you know what, to get a full, good, clean camp? Yeah, that's what I might have done. But whatever. Uh, I think that... I think there's explanations for all of it. Um, And I understand the conspiracy theories. I understand all of that. Um, You know... uh, i get it i get all of it uh i gave you my feeling about all of it and hopefully that that satisfies the people out there in some way you know that uh needed to hear something maybe from you know somebody uh in the business that could talk on experience with such things and At least what my thoughts would be.
0: Well, thanks for doing that, Teddy. I appreciate it. Guys, we have an exciting interview with Dustin Poirier coming up in the next few days. In addition to talking to Dustin about the fight, Teddy breaks down some of the um, things that have gone on after the fight, including the broken leg and some of the... um, um, some of the assertions that maybe he was going in with a broken leg, but we gave a pretty thorough breakdown on that and all things related to the leg in that episode with Dustin. So please tune in for that if you're interested in hearing it. Teddy, this was a good one. I appreciate all your uh, input.
1: I appreciate you, Ken, and I'll just I'll just tag that for you, um, real quickly. That I don't do this too often. You guys know. You know I think we we put our best foot forward always. We try to. We try to with everything we do uh and and try to do the right thing uh for the sport and for you guys and touch on all the things with these interviews on all things we touched on some very interesting things with dustin who's not only a great champion but a great human being but an honest human being and we touched on some some things that uh i don't think you'd normally would hear him to be quite frank you wouldn't normally hear them and um he's such a champion such an honest guy when i approach it to him. Uh, he does what he does. He goes. He goes forward. He goes forward, and he uh, he deals with it, and he says what he believes. And I think that it was uh, a very interesting and and in some ways powerful interview that you people will enjoy. I hope. Yep,
0: that's for sure. Well, Teddy, thanks for thanks for doing this, guys. Thanks for being with us. Please, as always, subscribe to the show. Leave some comments. Share the links. We appreciate you all, and we'll be back with you very soon. Take care. All right, guys, very happy to be joined now by Ben Amana, the founder and CEO of BoxRaw. BoxRaw, as we've discussed in the past, coming out with a special Teddy Atlas collaboration, the number 36 on the back, 36 minutes to make life fair. Ben, nice to meet you and welcome to the show.
2: Good for have me. It's a pleasure and an honor. I've been watching this for a long time, so to be on here is uh, a real honor, also I would never end so. Thank you. Well, don't be nervous. The, <laughs> the
0: line looks, the, the new gear looks incredible. Oh, I no. love it. The basketball shorts and the hoodies are my favorite. It really does look great.
2: Yeah. And the, the feedback has been the same actually, really, really good feedback. I think for us as a brand as well, it's nice for us to sort of venture outside of typically what we've done today. Um, I think the purpose and meaning behind the collaboration has made this all the more better than just the nice products.
0: Yeah. Can you talk but, a little then, bit then, about what the, yeah, um, go ahead, Teddy.
1: No, I was just going to say your company Box Raw obviously has a box raw. I mean, we don't, it tells you right there. Uh, It obviously has a close connection for you with the sport of boxing from its name to all its affiliations, you know, with fighters and uh, aspects of the sport. Where's, where's that begin? What's the genesis for this? It's
2: all short middle length story of that. Um, I mean, starting off with a vision, right? I think most importantly understanding where it why we exist. We exist to be the reason why the world got into boxing. We're trying to shift the narrative of the sport, away from boxing being viewed as just a leader sport that only a few can partake in, but instead show that anybody, any age, gender, social demographic group, um, you can take up the sport and really have it impact your life. Um, and I suppose where that, you know, that really that where that comes from, I got into boxing at the age of 12, so I could learn how to fight, right? I had no interest in boxing. knew nothing about the sport. I just wanted to learn to fight. Um, parents came from India. Christian missionaries moved back to England at the age of six. bullied most days, chased home most days. A lot of gang violence. Got stabbed at the age of eleven with a pen. Um, come age twelve, I realised it was time to stand up. So I joined the boxing gym, the local amateur club, and boxing took over. And you know, very quickly, you know, the bullying stopped. I was walking a lot more confident. I could handle myself much better. But I realised that it was more than just you know the practice or art of punching with your fists. You know, it taught me the values of discipline, mindfulness, love, and all these characteristics which still to this day, people don't associate with the sport of boxing. And boxing just took over. Um, at the age of 15, I started working at the boxing gym. Uh, the coach there allowed me to lie about my age in a college application form. So I became a personal trainer. At age of, and thanks to, you know, Asian genetics, I had a moustache, so I was able to pass off as 18. Um, <laughs> boxing carried on takeover. went to university, started a boxing club. Uh, at 19, I won the national championships. Um, the the boxing club at the university grew to the largest society there. We had over 950 members, you know, and at that time, you know, the second largest club was, I think, rugby or lacrosse with like 200 members, you know, so we weren't just slightly bigger, we were astronomically bigger. And and what was crazy was that people weren't, the the motives of people getting into sport were completely different, right? So back in the streets, back in Coventry at home, you know, it's very much a working class, lower class background of people trying to get into the sport. You know, I go to university, I'm around an affluent group of people now. You know, and their intent is completely different, but what brought them together was this, was this love. And I think, you know, it's the energy you get in a boxing gym, whereby everyone's so fixated on their own goals, but at the same time, so complementary to one another. You know, they're still pushing each other. You spar, you fight with the best of intentions, positive intent. And that was always what was most crazy to me. So, you know, post-university, a string of businesses. And um, I remember I was running down the street one day in this uh, Adidas tracksuit. I remember just thinking, I want people to know I'm training for a fight. You know, I was proud to box. But the brands that came before us, they just focus on the end result: fight night, boots, gloves, shorts, and that's great, right? That, that, that's the show business of the sport. But really, what's most magical is the journey to get to that point, and that's the part that was never really talked about. And then, as I'm looking and thinking more, you know, there, there's a gap in the market for this space um, within boxing. And then, just you know, going back to those sort of core disciplines and so the core values of what the sport entails. You know, discipline, the obvious one everyone can relate to. Mindfulness. You know, the, the very notion of hitting a moving object while it's trying to hit your back, while you're protecting your heads, protecting your body, moving your feet and lower body and single with the upper body, it requires focus like nothing else. You know, you can't think about the past or imagine the future. You have to be present in the moment. And it's the only sport that does that, you know? And then love, you know, love, again, which people don't associate with boxing, but you, you, you'll know this, Ted, right? Boxing gyms don't judge, you know? At, at the age of 12, being a brown Christian, I could never really relate to anybody, right? So the brown guys, they were Muslim Sikh Hindu, the Christians, they are all white. So the boxing gym, they didn't care where I came from. All that mattered was where I was headed. And it was the same thing at university. You know, These guys were people from all different cultures, different backgrounds, but still what brings them together is this commonality and love for sport boxing. So when it came to launch a box school, the vision was simple. To be the reason why the world got into boxing, how do we bring more people into the sport and shift it. You know, It's a cultural shift we're witnessing at the moment, whereby 60 years ago, you know, the idea of running in the street in a pair of running trainers... Was completely unheard of. The only people that did that were the Olympians, people taking part in athletic tournaments. Then Nike came along; they popularised it. You know, it became more popular in the mainstream. Twenty years ago, you know, thirty years ago, the idea of yoga it was done by yogis. Then you got brands like Lululemon; they popularised it. It's boxing's time now. People are just looking to compete. They're recognising the mental benefits, the benefits of being in an empowered environment. So, you know, very long story short, that was the sort of genesis to be the reason why the world got into boxing.
0: And maybe talk about what uh, what attracted you to working with Teddy. I, I, I know why most boxing fans, including myself, love Teddy. But maybe what attracted Box Raw to uh, collaborate with Teddy
2: Atlas? I mean, I grew up watching Teddy, right? Even before watching, even before launching Box Raw. I think, Teddy, when do we meet? We met about three years ago at your place for Christmas dinner, right?
1: Yeah, with Lomachenko, right? Yeah. Was, uh, was there. I think it was after the Pedraza
2: fight, I think.
1: Yeah, I think it was after the Pedraza fight at Madison Square Garden, or at the at the arena there. The um, I don't know if it was the big garden or the small arena at the garden, but it was in New York. Yeah, right? it was
2: the day after, right? The day after the fight. Yeah. Yeah, we, were, we went over, um, Ken. We went for for, um, for lunch, and we hit it off. You know, I was talking to Teddy about my um, about the charity that we got, Boxing as Love, and he resonated instantly, right? So in terms of the why, like we've kept in contact ever since. You know, and we've been flirting with the idea of doing this collaboration. I, mean, I think we planned to launch actually last year. Um, but then. But I think, you know, less about sort of what Teddy's done, but more about what Teddy stands for, you know, and the philosophy behind 36 line. We get hit all the time by boxers, people in the sport, by people wanting to do collaborations. But if it doesn't mean anything, we're not just about trying to sell great products, right? There needs to be some, there needs to be some mutual benefit to our audience, to their audience, whereby... It means more than just garments, right? And it's the philosophy behind this. And you know, for some time we were looking at, you know, wanting to launch some sort of line whereby you know it had some tribute to basketball attire, things like that. But we never had the number that meant anything. And I remember the, the teddy bear, this itself about thirty-six minutes to change your life it was like bingo. It makes sense. Where where can
0: people see the new line? Where can they purchase it, etc.?
2: So it's all on boxwell.com forward slash 36. Um, the whole collection is there. Keep an eye over the next sort of six, to 12 months as well. Be a lot more things being added to that collection, to that philosophy. Um, right now we went for sort of a premium, you know, lifestyle, you know, lifestyle athletes sort of um, uh, ethos with that. But now moving forward, you know, we're, we're going to diversify. But yeah, at the moment, boxwell.com um, soon to come hopefully to some retail stores, some select retail stores.
0: I was going to say, I've seen this stuff and it really is. It really is attractive, good looking gear that uh, I'm looking forward to getting some myself. So, congratulations on the collection. It looks beautiful.
1: You're looking to get some or buy some? I'd like to uh, understand that a little clearer. Buy. I'm always here to support uh, my friends. (laughs) i i I got plenty of (laughs) you're getting some don't worry ken you could want to buy some extra go ahead go buy some extra but you're gonna get some that that's already been figured out better even (laughs) tell you ben asked me for a list of through my daughter of people that will get some and guess what you made the list okay you're the best (laughs) but i will buy some as well (laughs) <laughs> you both made the list. Listen, I got I to gotta delve a little bit into this. Um, I'm going to use your own words um, a moment ago, Ben, when you talked about, you know, brown people uh, not being, you know, standing out a little bit of uh, not being thought of as Christians as uh, when you were in the gym and you were separated. That's the great thing about this this sport and that's the great thing about the embracement of of this sport with you with the clothing is that there is no prejudice there is no separation there is no brown and white and 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 uh different paints of colors or tints of colors there's none of that in boxing it's the only place i've ever seen it through my whole life where there is there is nothing but the journey that you both have ventured into, into that going to a place that most people can never go to, a place that's dark sometimes, a place where you're looking for the light, you got to find the light, you got to bring your own freaking light, but a place of, of doubt, a place of fear, a place of, of inhibitions, a place that, that, that has... All kinds of hidden things from your past that can suddenly come and, and haunt you. That you're willing to get into a ring with another human being. You don't even know what color they are. You don't know what race they are. You don't know what religion, what creed they are. All you know is that the two of you are in this place... That's a tough place to be, a scary place to be. And you know what? You got to find the light. You got to go into this dark freaking room, into that ring, with all the things I just touched on, with all the, the things that we just talked to Dustin Poirier, one of the great fighters, one of the great champions. That go. He talked about that. He validated all the things we we're talking about just a little while ago when we did an interview with him. Where you got to go into this place. And now it's about mutual respect. It's about understanding as a human being that you both are in a place that is scary. That you both are trying to find that light. That, there, that, there's, a, that there's, a, there's a venture, there's a journey to get through this and that only people that have been through it could understand it. And there's a brotherhood there's suddenly this special brotherhood that I wish it existed for all mankind and for all womankind. I really do. That it's, it's not about a damn thing other than being human and being able to find your way to be better. Because when people get in the ring, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to find a way to be better. To be better in control of their fears to be better understanding of their doubts, to be better embracing of the things that have happened to them in their lives when they were told they would never make it, when they were told they were a coward, when they were told they were weak, when they were told they were yellow, whatever was freaking thrown at them, that they're trying to get through this place to show that they're better than that. That they're the best person, the best fighter that they can be. And that we all, all of us, whether we look at it this way or not, we all immersed in this fight every day. For me, I always say boxing is life. Boxing is life. We're, We're immersed in this fight to find ourselves, to better ourselves. Don't know who the freak we are sometimes. To know if we, as I said, if we can be better. If we can be stronger. If we can dare to face the things that we have to face sometimes. And I've never ever known a sport or any vocation in life that is completely ignorant of anything, completely oblivious of anything completely just unknowing of anything other than the fight, other than getting through that as a human being. And I'm glad to be involved with your company because your company embraces that. And, and I hope that, I hope people can feel that. I hope people can feel that, that this company does embrace that fight. You don't have to have hand wraps. You don't have to have freaking, put your hands into the form of a fist, but you have to be ready to fight. You have to be ready to go into that dark and find your own light, your own light. And we're all trying to do that every day, every day. And if this can help connect that, connect the dots of that, this, this product, this clothing, because look, i'm a bit of a historian i can't help it because i'm 50 years almost in this business if you go back to fighting not just boxing but any fighting it was always all the way back to the beginning of man it was always about you know getting ready for battle conquer or be conquered (laughs) conquer or be conquered it was always about having to fight having to get through something and then as we evolved and you looked at it and you looked whether whether it was the great indian tribes getting ready and the great chiefs wearing a, a special headdress getting ready for the moment or whether it was the samurai wearing a special uniform or the viking putting on you know that hat what was it for it was to get ready for a fight we were wearing clothing we were preparing we, and why I always talk about the psychological part in this business. Why? To connect, to feel the moment, to feel the part, to feel like that samurai, to feel like that warrior, to feel like that fighter, that it connects. Customato, my great mentor would always say to me, Teddy, yeah, you got to do the training, we know that, the technique, the teaching, all of that, but to be a champion, You got to feel like a champion. And part of feeling like a champion is looking like a champion. So if you want to go out there and spend your money on buying robes for these young fighters you're developing, go ahead. (laughs) Go ahead. And I did. I did. I took some money that my father had had, um, been good enough to put away for me, and I... went down with Costamato down to Everlast on it doesn't exist down there anymore down on Bruckner Boulevard in the Bronx and I bought robes and I bought shorts and I bought certain I wanted a certain look a certain look because I wanted these guys to feel the way they needed to feel like worthy champions so there's a connection I didn't think I was going to talk that much about it but I'm sorry I can't help myself sometimes those things happen. Uh, it just comes out. But that's how I feel about your company, Ben. And I hope that the people, and, and I'll finish, and then I'll let Ken finish it up um, and put a bow on it, or you put a bow on it. But the 36, Ken touched on it. Uh, I've said it for my whole life in boxing, whether it was on ESPN, whether it was talking to some other medium, whether it was talking to fighters, that no matter where you've been, no matter what's happened to you in life, no matter what you didn't have, no matter your race, your creed, your religion, anything, who your parents are, anything, bad things that have happened to you, on one given night, if you're prepared and if you care enough and if you're driven enough, you can get in that ring and you can make life fair in 36 minutes. You can be champion of the world and make life fair. And I think everyone can connect to that. You all, it doesn't have to be 36 minutes. You all have your own little 36 minutes of what I'm talking about. All of us, All of you. And your little fights and your big fights. All of you. And you can make life fair by facing what you have to face. By no matter what's happened in your past, no matter what happened yesterday, today, today you go in there you feel the way you need to feel you prepped yourself the way you need to prep and you go in there and whatever it is that in the past you were having trouble facing it go face it make life right I've said my part
0: that's beautiful. I think that that's a great place to wrap it up. Ben, thank you for joining us. Anyone who's interested in checking it out, please go to boxraw.com slash 36. Is that correct, Ben?
2: That's correct, yeah.
0: That's it. Ben Amana, Box Raw, thank you for being with us. We appreciate you. We look forward to seeing the close uh, on all the fans at the fights. And uh, thank you for the time.
2: Thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. Take care.